Hi, lovely friends. I cannot wait to tell you this morning, a big dream came true for me. I got to speak at my church in the big room. Listen, I teach kids all the time and I love it, but this was my first time speaking in front of the church to full size humans. <laughs> you will definitely hear my cotton mouth because I was so nervous. Listen, I'll take all the tips for helping avoid that. I talk about how Mary took action to rest and that God was able to provide some serious affirmation because of that space she created. I am more than ready for some rest this season. To be honest, I'm ready for everything to be put on hold so I can do nothing but bake and watch movies with my kids. I seriously need to start some Christmas shopping. Ah, is there even time for anything to be shipped at this point? We'll see. Well. Friends, we've got three weeks left of 2020. What needs to happen in your life to bring refreshing and joy? I'm here to help you anytime, but for now, you might find me braless and covered in flour. I really do hope you're encouraged by today's show. I am so lit up about the direction God is moving us. Hey! Oh my goodness, I have written and rewritten this intro 500 times. Now the mic is on and I'm so nervous, but does it even matter? Let's just play the booty music and get to the good stuff, right? If you're here, it's probably because you already love me for another reason and I'm oh so happy. So welcome to the space. Seriously, it's a safe little pocket of space in the world where we can hang out like friends and just talk about the real things of life. So when you're here, I hope you experience God's love and know for sure that you are invited into a rock star life. So there will be stories sprinkled in to inspire you along the way because stories are totally the best way to bring in connection and compassion. So let's do this. This is exciting. <laughs> Talk about above and beyond expectations. Being up here is slightly terrifying, um, but I'm also delighted and I know, I've learned that stepping towards fear um, is stepping in the right direction. And so I'm ready for it. Even though a big zip popped up on my forehead yesterday, <laughs> I'm ready for it. It's good, we're good, we're here together, so. Um, we're going to start with a little exercise to kind of loosen us up and just level the playing field a little bit. Kind of help us be present and grounded here and recognize that we're all here together, that we're the same as our neighbor. So um, we're going to raise our hands a few times. If that makes you uncomfortable, you should be glad that it's quarantine time because I was going to make you like move around the room. So um, just... Think about this. Raise your hand if you've ever wanted to be chosen. Okay, put them down. Raise your hand if you've ever felt left out. Yeah, or like maybe you were the worst one on the team. Or the worst one in the group project. Or the worst one in the room, you know. Raise your hand if you ever just wished you could be different. Maybe you've been jealous of someone else's skills or hobbies or their accomplishments. Yeah. 
We're kind of the same in that, right? We all feel that way. I came up with these examples because that's how I feel. It's going to be really hard for me to not touch my, use my hands that way. Um, but other people make it look so easy, right? Like, the people in this room make it look easy. Like, you got it all together, and you're so happy all the time, and you're just filled with love. And you know what? We're going to just kind of shift our perspective and tell them thank you. Thank you for showing me the potential of what love looks like. Thank you for leading the way. And instead of being jealous, we're going to just thank them and move in that direction, okay? So I found this quote a couple of years ago on an Instagram page called Bibles and Coffee. If you could see the story God is writing in your life, you would never be jealous of someone else's. I want you to pull out paper, pen, your bulletin, something like that, okay? We're going to play a little Mad Gab. Have you all played Mad Gab? Um, all right, I want you to write the first thing that comes to mind, okay? What if God just showed up in your house and he said, Hey, I have a job for you. I want you to... What? I want you to write that down. The first thing that comes to your mind. I don't know. It can be wild. Mine was be a trapeze person in the circus. Like, I mean, wouldn't that be cool? I think that'd be awesome. So I'm not saying that this is God speaking. This moment is maybe not God speaking. But it's still fun to imagine and think about. Like, but do. Like, imagine it. What if God did come to your room and he said, Hey, guess what? What do you want to do today? I want to do that with you. Let's go. And, by the way, I have a little advantage. I'm the expert in that, and I'll make you really good at it, and you'll love it. And you can do it every single day. Would that be awesome? Who would sign up for that? Me. Like, yeah, God, give me the inside scoop on this. Let's go, right? That'd be awesome. Write that down, that thing. Whatever that thing is that you think, yeah, that'd be cool if God dropped into my room and said, you get to do that every day, and I'll make you an expert in it. All right. Whew, let's pray and just settle our hearts. My heart, I don't know. God, this is a season of celebrating you, of celebrating that you've come to be present with us. It's also a season of us just looking for you, of following the light. I thank you so much that you didn't leave us alone, but that you came to be present, that you broke through humanity to be close to us. Guys, just whisper this prayer with me. We're looking for you. You have come. I anticipate your words. I anticipate your invitation. Will I be the one you call? Can you use me? I want to be useful. I want to be chosen. Help us, God, see what clearly, see clearly what's already here. Help us realize that you're closer than you seem. Amen. Amen. I love, I have two boys, 7 and 14, and I love when my little boy hears me call for help and just runs to do it. That is not the norm. That's not what he does every time. 
but he does it sometimes. And when we have like a really big job and something's really hard and he jumps in and it gives him purpose and a place in our family, you can just see him kind of puff up, you know? And I think, I think as the little one, he feels a little bit small in our house sometimes and he's looking for his place. And um, all of a sudden, he'll, he'll lift things that are too heavy for him to lift and he'll go farther than he could before. And he's looking around and finding out what else, like what other needs he can meet. That purpose and having that feeling of being useful is, uh, goes a long way for, for the humans, for all of us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, okay? Are you pumped? <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm so excited! This is so great! Okay, so we're going to dive into some scripture, but halfway through the worship I realized I forgot my Bible because I'm that kind of teacher. <sighs> so my 14-year-old is going to faithfully provide it. Thank goodness for notes. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, my God. Okay. So this is in Luke 1, 26 through 38. It's the Passion Translation. Jump right in with your Bibles if you'd like. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this might mean for her. That's because the Spirit of God was not living within people at that time. He was on people and he came in for good things, but he wasn't just within you all the time. And she's like, what do you mean he's in me? What? So the angel reassured her, saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary. The Lord has found delight in you. He's chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever. His reign will have no limit. And Mary said, probably know the meaning of virgin before the sixth or seventh grade because what might happen is a group of boys runs up to you and says are you a virgin and you have a 50 50 shot of getting that wrong just saying that might happen okay usually obviously I'm in kids church and in kids church we lean in really for real literally we lean in so close and we show each other that we care with our eyes and I need you to do that today. I, if I could pull you all up here really close to me, that's what I would prefer. But we're all spread, you know, spread out. But spread out. But I'm, I'm still thankful. I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful. Community is such a gift, isn't it? Like, but I do need you to like give me a little whoop whoop, a little smile, a little nod. All right, deal. Thank you. So it's because we're talking about really exciting things today. Here, I'm going to give you a little confusing overview, and then we're going to break it down, and I cannot talk. <sighs> Jesus comes to Mary as her baby, right? We know that. We, she shifts out of ordinary life into this insane world of purpose and mission, like that. And then Jesus um, 
or we see that take shape as soon as Gabriel gives her that message that she's pregnant. Okay, that joy kicks in and she is ready. We also see Jesus come as her savior. I believe that Jesus coming in as savior is visible through us, through our purpose. And I'm gonna tell you exactly what I mean, okay? So he becomes visible as we walk out the good gifts he pours into us. Real, awakened, fulfilling life comes in the assurance of God's closeness. We have security in his presence, right? And when we know his word and we know we're loved by him, that security enables us to move, okay? So the action of moving and being with him in the fun of life is also how we walk out Jesus' visibility, okay? And I know this is super complex. Spirit, please make this clear. I see this timeline in space, and so Mary's here in the middle, and Jesus comes as her baby, and Jesus comes as her savior, right? But this story is not just about Mary. The gift is that Jesus brought that gift to every one of us, purpose being chosen, a gift. He breaks the curse, he ends the separation, and he offers you a gift. He invites you to make space in your life for peace, okay? He invites you to make space in your life to create new life and to invite others into life. And like Mary, we get to walk out that chosen feeling and that, that purpose and that passion with confidence. Do you get it, you guys? The Christmas story is the gospel. And it's your story. It's your story. The Christmas story is yours, and it's close. Okay? Everything in the Bible um, is just built with hidden treasures, and it's layer upon layer that you get to explore. It's never just information. It's meant to be journeyed through. Okay? So the angel came to Mary, made this, made this very real promise to her, showing that she's useful and needed. And then... I'm going to show you today that those promises are for you also, that God is closer than we think. All right? So how did being chosen by God affect Mary? We're going to talk about four to five ways, depending on the time, although I don't have a clock, so, you know, we might hit them all. I don't know. Um, but let's think about Mary. How did she feel after knowing she was chosen for a purpose? How did she walk and move forward after finding out that she's pregnant? Okay, let's read this reaction in what's called Mary's song. It's Luke 1, 46 through 50. Hit it, Gray. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit burst with joy over my life-giving God. He set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone know Everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. The Mighty One has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is His name. Mercy kisses all His godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mary is filled with joy. She heard God's voice and it changed her. She overflowed with thanksgiving and conviction. She knew her position and she said yes, right? Okay, so anytime I've known for certain that I've been directed by God in a certain way, it became easy all of a sudden. It's like, oh, well, God told me. That makes it pretty clear. Do you relate to that? I want you to write down a quick thought about that. Have you ever heard his voice in your life and it impact you in this big surge of confidence? Like, I'm moving in this, right? 
It could be this revelation that you have in church and you're like, let me out of here, I am ready, it's so clear, right? Obviously, when you go out and then you wake up the next day, you're like, huh, what was that? I forgot. But in that moment, it's so clear. Or maybe you've been directed, like you heard his voice to help someone else and you walk that out and it's like, oh, that feels good. Do you relate to that? Just jot it down because we want to remember that. It's the best. Okay. So what is the first thing Mary does after the angel leaves? She took action. She got away. Sounds wise, right? Sometimes we just need a breather. Like, we need to clear out, we need some space, we need to get away from the other stuff, the other noises, the other opinions, the other expectations, the distractions. One thing mattered to Mary at that time. That's all she needed to think about. So we're going to scooch back a little to verse 39 and see how getting away with intention to see Elizabeth gives an opportunity for Mary to receive some affirmation. Okay? It was customary... For a pregnant woman to have to rest for the first three months of her pregnancy. What if she had decided it was too scary to leave her own home and she had just stayed and and had that rest and that isolation in her own bed? What would have crept into her mind? Maybe she would have started to question what she had heard. Like, uh, that was weird. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe fears would have crept in and doubt about Maybe she would have heard more people's others, other people's opinions about what was going on. On and on. So many fears. So much isolation. And that's, that's definitely not what she needed. Instead of that, she let joy fill her heart. She was filled with thankfulness. And that's not an automatic thing. That wasn't a gift that was specifically given to Mary in that moment with the pregnancy. No, that is her habit. That's her choice. That was her practice. And so she chose to take action. She chose to go visit her aunt. And because she did that, she received this amazing celebration. Let's read about it in Luke 139. Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others. Your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Ah, this is so exciting. So good. Like, if she had not moved... She would have missed that bonus. Like, what a gift for someone else to say, yeah, you heard that right. This is happening. Yeah, her belly still would have gotten bigger, but it still was like, it was exciting to share that with someone else, right? Okay, so I want to add in here, rest and action are not opposites. Mary took very intentional action to go rest, right? And that's really important. She took action to leave her town, find the quietness, 
away from the onlookers, and rest requires intentionality. Those things are not opposite. All right? All right, let's look more. Let's look more about how Mary moves forward. God sent an angel because we got to get Joe on board, right? She needs her man. So Mary is clearly fearless. When the angel said, don't yield to your fear, she took it as truth. Yes, I got that. Check, right? But here's another highlight about Mary. She moved forward in confidence because she had Joe's support. The angel came to Joseph in a dream and said, I need you on board. Your girl's pregnant. I know. Your story's changing, but this is it. This is happening, and I need you on board. Let's go. And he said, okay. But I believe 100% that when a woman has the belief of her husband and that security at home, that she can do anything. 100% I believe that. And so... It creates creates that rock and that foundation, and it allowed Mary to move forward, and we're going to see her move in so many ways. It's because she had that security at home, and I think that's just a belief system. It's rooted, it's grounded, and that may not be your situation, but it is Mary's situation, and she was really, um, really, really blessed to have that. Okay, so this is an exciting little shift. We're gonna look at Luke, okay, and why we get to have all of these awesome details. Luke invites us into this grand story. He brings it close, he makes it touchable, because Luke writes his gospel with Jesus as a man. He like breaks it down man to man. That's because Luke is a Gentile, okay? And so I just, I think it's amazing. So, okay, so Luke, I think, is a couple years after Matthew and Mark have written their Gospels. Matthew and Mark were eyewitnesses with Jesus, right? They walked with him. Well, a couple years later, I think Luke is like, he's a doctor, he's super curious, he's observant, and I think he says, I've like, he's like the modern day podcast, okay? He was like the podcast of the Bible. And I think he's asking people all these questions and he's figuring it out and he's getting the details because he's that person and he goes I think I have something I can add to what Mark Matthew and Mark did and wrote because I need to show people that Jesus is accessible to them Luke is known for reaching out to the Gentiles the women the social outcast and he creates a gospel that's touchable and he brings the details that open up this visual description And the information that he provides invites all of us into the story. It invites the women, it invites the social outcasts, it invites the Gentiles. And that's because he gave such detail. That's because of the details he provides. I also think it was really important to him because as a Gentile, he grasped the importance, maybe even more so than someone who expected it to be for them. You know, it was a greater gift for him. So I think it's really cool. So Luke is the investigator. I mean, if he did have a podcast, he got to interview Mary herself. Like, what? Can you even imagine? That'd be so cool. I wish Mary could come on my podcast. Oh, my God. So um, anyway, this is what's cool about all of this. Luke shows us that faith can be founded on fact. I appreciate that. 
I'm all about the feels, but I personally need to know for sure that God is close. I need to know that he's as close to me as he was to Mary. Okay? And when you realize that God is close and for you, it propels you into real living. I don't think I'm alone in wanting the substance to my faith to be proven, right? I need to know that it's like worth my time and my effort. Luke understood that and was writing in a way that provided substance to a world craving practical applications of living a faith-filled life. So I don't think we're, any of us are, you know, out of the internet. We all are deep in it. We've got the influence of the internet in our lives. And I think our society has been through this kind of, um, I don't know, just wave of posting all the pretty things and posting the perfection and posting the successes. And people are just sick of it. It zaps our energy. We read it and we feel dejected, right? So they scroll by quickly and we're like, I, I don't have time for that in my life anymore. Like, I need to be real. I need to feel seen. I need to feel safe. And that's what we want, even on the internet, because most of our relationships are there these days. And I think our posts need to reflect reality. Well, Luke is the reality of the Bible. Luke um, shows us that our faith also needs to represent reality. Okay, so I think in this effort, Christians have shifted a little bit. And for example, Christians now drink alcohol, right? And it's kind of like this defiance, like we need to prove we're not legalistic. We need to prove that we don't have to be so good anymore. And we can, God's going to love us and we're going to love God, even if we do something that maybe is considered bad. More recently, we've phased into cussing, right? Like most of the Christians I know now cuss. And um, I think it's just, again, this emphasis, like I don't have to be that good person anymore. I, I don't care. I'm totally fine. I think with balance, whatever, you know. Cussing, though, I mean, I have a drink if I'm celebrating, but cussing is kind of hard for me. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't have the freedom or something. I'm not really sure. I tried it. I told Grayson a couple, it's been a couple years, and I said, Grayson, so my New Year's resolution is to cuss. <laughs> and I just have been trying, and I just can't make myself. I think I just don't know how. Like, I'm not cool enough or something. I don't know. But anyway, he's like, well, I tried it for a day, and it's kind of distasteful. I don't like it. So then <laughs> since then, I'm like, eh, well, okay. I don't think we need to do this anymore. So, um, so anyway, I do wish people would quit apologizing to me for dropping the F-bomb. Like, I literally don't care, right? It doesn't matter. They're just words. They don't, I don't care, you know? And so I don't think we necessarily judge people based on whether they drink or whether they cuss. I mean, maybe we do. I don't know. It's not the point today. What is the point? What is the point of writing, of Luke writing a third time, writing that story, wrote it for a third time? Why? Why did he do that? It's because he wanted to give us that substance. He wanted us to have the chance of knowing and understanding a life-giving God. He knew he had more details to add. The God whose love covers the law, it doesn't bind us to slaves to all those rules, right? I think he writes it so that we can touch the story. We can explore the layers of the story and understand that it's available to us. He brings it close. Cool? Okay.
<laughs> Y'all are awesome. And then there's this shift. Like, Luke gives us these facts, but it's with this desire that we shift into intimacy with the Creator in that dance that Teresa talked about a couple weeks ago. It's this dance of belonging and contributing, right? Belonging and contributing. Deep satisfaction comes with that recognition, and that is how we're set apart. That difference, that knowing, and that moving into working out your giftings. Because when we do that, other people see that and they're drawn to us. That's what invites them to life. That's what gives them permission to think, oh, maybe I can walk in that peace and that confidence too, okay? It gives us kind of a peek into the spiritual realm, I think, you know, that kingdom living. I know there's like this awkwardness like between being relevant and talking about God in this safe way and then like really talking about the spiritual things of God. And it gets kind of like, huh, but I really, without going too weird or something, I think when we open our minds to what God is inviting us to, it really is simple and practical. And we walk out when we walk out what really lights us up, it settles our hearts. We're secure. We find our true identity. And then, of course, in that place, we're going to be welcoming and generous with others. So let's talk about a pattern interrupt, okay? So 2020 is almost over. People seem to really want it to end. It's like the daily posts I read. Um, as if 2021 is going to bring this like automatic change. I don't, you know, that's, let's hope for that. But I personally am desperately trying to squeeze every ounce of good out of 2020. I have loved 2020, I dare to say, and um, it's been a complete reset for me. I don't want to waste it. I think we should really dig in and really find the beauty in, in this year. It's been a pattern interrupt, right? When the angel came to Mary, she was just doing her daily thing. And the angel came and completely disrupted her pattern. And so she has a choice. Do I cry and mourn the loss of my wedding? I mean, she's engaged. Probably not a Pinterest wedding, but nonetheless, she's preparing to like leave her home and move into her own life. Her life is neat and orderly and planned. Or is she going to step into this new opportunity, embrace what God's given, and step into this unknown, this invitation to more? Okay? We already know that Mary gracefully says yes. Her song bursts with joy. And this is why. Because she was chosen and she knows it. When God meets you on a personal level and speaks purpose into your life, there's no way for you to remain the same. Okay? You walk like Kean, kind of puffed up, like, yeah, I got this. I've got a big job, and I'm going to do it. And then you don't even have to look to anyone else for approval anymore. You don't have to compare yourself to someone else because you're holding the gold. It's yours, right? All right. So in an Advent book that I'm using, Paul David Tripp mentions an interesting twist. He says that the Christmas story is good news, but bad news first. So to understand the good, you have to understand the bad. And once I explain it, you'll know we understand the bad all too well. Okay? It's the fact that we're separated from God, right? We spend our whole lives trying to get back into fellowship with him. 
even though the truth is we're created to be in close relationship with him, in love and in creativity with the Trinity. So many things prevent us from that being our reality. The hurts pile up, the disappointments never stop coming, things don't go as we expect, and then we try to clean ourselves, right? We try to make ourselves better and better and better, and, and then we're just tired. We're tired of trying. I just want to relax. I just want to be who I am, right? All right, well, something comes to mind when I think about that. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I drove a two-door white Solera. It's like a Camry. And I, I keep my car clean enough. Like, I don't let it pile up with a bunch of stuff, but I don't really wash it that often. And so I, I went to work, and I parked it under this tree, and it got covered in not bird poop, sap. And I don't know how to get it off, and it doesn't come off in the wash, and it's like, how am I going to get this sap off my car? I don't know. And then I have an idea. It was such a good idea. It worked in the kitchen. It should work on the car. And so I get my Brillo pad, <laughs> and I get that car so clean. I mean, there was sap on the bed and down the window and down the side and on the trunk everywhere there was sap and i got it all i did it i felt so accomplished like yes i that was so smart and then i don't know a couple days my husband sees it out in the driveway or in the sun or whatever he's like bleep, 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 bleep. i'm just kidding he's never cussed at me i'm kidding <laughs> but he is like Oh, like, because instead of the car being shined and cleaned, it was ruined. <laughs> and there are all these spots. And I thought, I thought it was clean. I had worked really hard to clean it. But instead, the shine was false. And it was really dull. And it was covered up. Right? Guys, we're broken. Right? We're broken. And we need to know that Jesus came for us and that he's close, okay? We so want him to pick me, pick me, tell me that I'm chosen. Like, tell me that I'm beautiful. And we're desperate to feel worthy and clean, and so we work on that. But it's quit. I want to give you permission. Like, quit trying. That craving that you have to just be, yeah, like, that's what I want you to do. It's time to rest and let God wash over you because there's a new way. There's a new way. We don't have to work so hard and try so hard to polish ourselves. There is time for action, and there's also time to rest and let God redefine you. I'd love to be invited back sometime to talk about peeling off those layers, but I call that one, let's get naked, and I didn't think we should talk about that on the first time I was here. <laughs> So, um, but for real, for years, my worship has just been this desperate plea of pick me. I want to be chosen for you. I want to do big things for you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Anytime you just rest in God's presence and connect with him, that's not wasted. It's valuable and good. When we don't know what else to do, just be with him, you know? 
But then we want our worship to shift into a joyful, overflowing thankfulness like Mary's, knowing that we're chosen without doubt, resting in him. So we're going to talk about that part some more, okay? So this is where Jesus comes as Savior. I, I love this image, and it's hard to describe it. It's like God came twice for Mary. Like I said, here she is in the middle. He came ahead of the birth to tell her of the plan that is has set in motion her purpose. But she also brought him into the world so he could tell each of us. So it's like he came to her, and she literally pushed him out to us. <laughs> That's not too literal. But, you know, the middle... The middle is where God is. That place of, of inviting and pushing us out. He's grounding. His voice is what centers us. You know, it, his voice is what keeps us in alignment, not the circumstances of our life, not the chaos. And we're going to see Mary go through some chaos. Her alignment with God is in his voice in the middle. Okay, So what does he come for? He gives peace. He comes for purpose and union with him. Do you see that? It's this complex picture of the Trinity working together to serve and invite. Okay? He comes to be with us like in the garden. So Jesus is the spoken word, moving and breathing and giving life. And that word overcomes all the dead written facts of our lives. He's the one who shifts us like Luke from data and facts into intimacy where the Spirit's poured in to give life. So how can I know that that's for me? It's obvious that it's for Mary, but how do I bring it close? How do I know that I'm chosen? That's what makes it so fun that Luke is the writer here because he gives us all the details to explore. So Simeon, two people are expecting the Savior. Simeon is one, he's expecting the Savior. He knows scripture and he understands that the gospel is one of reconciliation for the entire world, okay? We also see Anna, she's an elderly female prophet and she's one of two waiting for the king. A woman who's elderly is waiting for the king. God does not exclude. Like, we're all invited. That's how we know it's for us. It's for the young, it's for the middle-aged, it's for the old. That's what brings revival. It does not expire. It does not leave anyone out. It's birthing new life and hopes and dreams, and it's for you. Jesus' word is spoken daily. It's awakening, okay? So moving into intimacy brings the awakening. Quit looking for God on Instagram. He's in you, in you, right? He, he's in what lights you up. Your life is the expression of his grace and his beauty, right? You are in this dance of connection, of receiving and contributing, and you are an expression of that love to others in your life. You have not been left out. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Not one promise. They're for you and they're close to you. The Christmas story is yours! Woohoo! <laughs> Emmanuel, God with us, always, in everything. Not silent, not absent, not leaving you in your anger, not leaving you in your loneliness. He's close and he's willing. 
He's willing to do whatever, whatever it is that you need. Rescuing, intervening, advocating, defending. He's willing to do the impossible, and that promise is yours. All right, are you ready to listen? It's getting good. Let's lean in. We're going to go to James 1.17. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. Say perfect. Perfect. Woo! perfect here is not like flawless beauty. Perfect means suitable, like a good match for you, like for you, like something you might want in your life, something you like, like your passion, right? It's perfect. It's perfect for you. We need to soak in that. Okay, so gifts. Streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens, no head and shadow, no darkness, never subject to change. Are you ready? God is delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. Ah, this is where I geek out. This is so exciting. Okay, so let's figure out how this reflects Mary, okay? Birth is the opposite of death. We are dead until we become alive in Christ, until we choose to receive the gifts that he's given. So the word in that verse is the word used for rainbow sign, like unbreakable promise. So never think for a second that there aren't promises for you. It says it clearly. You are chosen. You are included. You have gifts poured into you that are needed in the world. We're talking rainbow-level promises here, right? <laughs> so, like, God is stepping into your room, and he's saying, hey, let's do this. You're going to love it. Let's go. What do you want to do? We're his favorites. When you walk in that gifting, you will feel like the chosen one. You probably won't have a baby God growing in your belly. That's okay. You do have something growing in you. And we can shift into this place of gratitude and joy and pouring out. And we can confidently take action like Mary. Action, in the business world, action brings clarity, right? It's very practical. But I think action also brings clarity spiritually. When we move, God's able to do immeasurably more. We're able to see him when we move, okay? All right, so um, let's look at something else that happened. Mary takes note of what's happening. Luke 2.19, it says, Mary hid these things in her heart, okay? So I know that you're probably pretty familiar with the story. I'm not going to go read all of it, but she's watching the shepherd. So she's, she's gone. They've journeyed to um, Bethlehem as a family, and they're watching the shepherds come and celebrate this gift that's placed where they should be placing the Passover lamb, right? He's wrapped in cloth. He's the perfect sacrifice that won't go blemished, that won't be blemished. And she notices this. She's mentally checking off the ways that God is showing his truth. So check this out. Likely the entire family had to journey to Bethlehem. And so the spaces are full. The houses are built into caves like stone, um, into the stone like mountainside. So there are these caves that are on the mountainside. And so the barn is also going to be built that way. And the manger is also going to be built out of stone. 
So likely they're in this family member's stone basement with the animals um, because there's no room anywhere else because the whole family came. Also, it's likely summer months warm between June and August because that's when the shepherds keep their sheep out at night and that's the time of the census. So that's just another layer of connection and delight that the shepherds were like, oh, you know. Also, when the shepherds heard that he was wrapped in swaddling cloth, they knew, like, they're like, oh, wait, that sounds familiar. Swaddling cloth is what they use to wrap the perfect lamb, the sheep that they're keeping. Um, they they wrap their sheep, the perfect one, in swaddling cloth so that he will be unblemished. And they place him in that trough, that manger, where Jesus was placed in the same swaddling cloth. And so there's just all this really exciting detail. And Mary's watching, and she's learning this, and she's taking note. When we look at our life with the right eyes, we can see that God is covering everything. Then... Mary has to escape to Egypt. Like, she traveled to be counted, not be a world traveler to Egypt, right? Like, that is pure chaos. So instead of, I think, like, when we have chaos in our life, sometimes we're like, am I out of alignment with God? Like, did I do something? Did I go a wrong direction? Because we don't expect that. But in her perspective, we can take a different perspective, too. In her perspective, it's like, no. God's voice is what aligns me, not the circumstances of my life. And Egypt is provision. Egypt is not chaos and out of alignment. Okay? What I want us to get from that is we can remember all the bad about our life. We can proclaim it. We can sum it up and count our life as wasted or ruined. Or we can find the good and we can fill our heart with thanks and we can tell the story of God, how God covered us. We weren't crushed, we weren't killed, we made it, and we're going to tell about it, right? All right. Okay, so let's just take a breath here and soak in Jesus. Mary leads us to Jesus. I do want to just add this. This is point five that I was going to skip. But Mary is a witness to all the things in Jesus' future. She's devoted to the cause. We see her many times throughout his life. She is there. It's just as much her mission as it is his, right? As his mom, she's equally crucial. And I don't have a lot of experience in pushing my kids to get hurt. But she raised her son up to give him away. And there's just this recognition that we're not in control. She wasn't in control. I'm not in control of my own kids. Last night, I went up and prayed for my little boys while they slept. And just, there's just this immense need for a savior. We need more love in our house, more compassion, more patience. You know, we need to raise our kids up so that they're ready to love the world. And it's hard. That's our cross as mothers, and that was Mary's cross. And she, I honor her. I mean, she obviously did it better than any other mother ever has. And so I'm so thankful for that. Jesus is here. Just soak in his presence. He's here. 
He came to untie the knots of worry from your shoulders. He came to ease the tightness you carry in your back. He came to heal the, your stomach and the anxiety that fills it. The Christmas story is not that long ago. It's not some grandiose idea. It's present and it's for you. And we can read every inspiring and positive post. We can shop. We can have parties. We can, we can fill our life with lots and lots of good things. But I'm never going to feel better until I hear God's voice speak directly to me. Mary is overjoyed because something happened in her life that she could not have predicted and she did not deserve. It was more. It was kingdom big. It connected to her soul, right? What's connected to your soul? What lights you up? <laughs> what lights you up? Like, what's that thing you wrote down? What connects to you? I want you to have permission for hope, for purpose in your life. As believers, we're on a mission. It can be making t-shirts. It can be baking. It can be be so many things. It can be teaching others. It can be making graphics. Like all of it matters and all of it serves the people around you. Using what you're doing um, to serve others will bring fulfillment in your life. We're not meant to be exhausted doing every single good thing. We're meant to do our thing and love people well with it. Okay? Let's take record of our life. Let's notice what is true, what's happening, what are the details, and let's be thankful for those. And then shift into this mindset of knowing that God has given good gifts and invited us into every single thing that's His. This is one of my favorite verses right now. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Let his voice propel you forward. So, if you want to come to the altar and reset, just reset your mind for direction, reevaluate your life, and just lay the stress of 2020 and the obstacles of 2020 down and let them serve you as a break in your pattern and find all the nuggets of beauty there to be thankful for See all the ways God has covered you. And then hear how his voice can propel you to living this life of knowing that you're chosen and that you're needed in the world. That would be my hope for you. Not exhausted in busyness, but resting and loving your life. So I'm cheering for you.